the very tenets and roots of journalism are about holding truth to power and having an informed and engaged electorate and populace. And so right now, there are great forces, including one of our two political parties in America that want to undermine all of that. And they frankly want people to be misinformed or not informed in order to advance their agenda that is not popular. And so the problem, though, is that we have a media that needs to survive based on clicks and controversy and serving the most engaged people. So they both sides the issues, right? They they lift up facts and lies as equivalent in order to claim no bias. But that in itself is a bias because it gives more oxygen to the lies and the disinformation that is really dangerous to our society. And we are living through the impacts of those errors and that malpractice done by media in America. And so we need to build different models and new precedents for what it means to be really transparent and pro-democracy and really focused on what the mission of journalism and media has and should always be, which is to inform the public with the facts so they can make educated, informed decisions about who they vote for, who they want to represent them, um, where they stand on issues that affect their lives and their communities, and frankly, what kind of government we want to have in this country. Hello, and welcome to the Politics Girl podcast. I'm your host, Lee McGowan. Let's get into it. The media lets us down every day, from the never-ending horse race Biden-Trump poll numbers, to the constant talk of Taylor Swift, to the previously trusted news sources like the New York Times and Washington Post, posting deceptive clickbaits or giving op-eds to liars because they know it'll sell, something has gone really wrong. We used to say that journalism was the fourth estate, the final check holding the rich and powerful accountable. But that's all been shattered by this profit-making entertainment paradigm, the influx of fake news, and the consolidation of our media owners. And we're all suffering because of it. We need our media to keep us informed, to help shape our opinions, and to broaden our understanding of what is happening around us. If they lie to us, or they're simply there to turn a profit, then where does that leave us? What's our alternative? To have this conversation today, I'm joined by Tara McGowan, Tara is a former journalist and political strategist who is the founder and publisher of Courier, one of the fastest growing local news networks in the country, dedicated to spreading factual journalism while being unapologetically pro-democracy. Courier has local networks in 11 different states and a full online presence dedicated to building a more informed, engaged, and representative democracy by reaching Americans where they are with factual, values-driven news. It's an incredible company that's really filling the gaping hole in the market where real journalism used to be. Tara herself has led some of the largest digital advertising and marketing programs in U.S. politics, including Acronym, Priorities USA, Next Gen Climate, and as digital strategist for President Obama's 2012 re-election campaign. So without further ado, please welcome my guest, founder and publisher of Courier, Tara McGowan. Welcome, Tara. Thank you for having me, Lee. Oh, thank you for joining me. I mean, I'm sure as a former journalist and political strategist, you've just had a front row seat watching America's sources of information just split further and further apart. And I'm sure you have some opinions on how much that contributed to this division in our country that we're all sitting through now. Where, what are your thoughts on that, on media and where we are divisively? 
how long do we have? Um, uh, we have, have a little bit of time. We, I have so many. Um, so we have an information chasm in America where because of the way that the internet and social media have changed um, media consumption habits and, and just people's behavior and where they go to for information and the the options they have in front of them, um, and the decline of, uh, of of traditional advertising models and media really going through this reckoning of how do they stay in business, right? Like this actually is a business problem. Um, we don't have uh, really strong subsidized news media in America the way that some other countries and democracies do. Um, it has always been a business. And so when that business model started to fall apart, uh, through technological disruption and innovation, now media survives by finding the people who are willing to pay for news and content. And there's been a lot of studies now that show that the people willing and actually paying paywalls to access local news where it exists or national news like the New York Times or the Washington Post they are the most highly educated and highest income Americans. And so everyone else um, that you know never had to pay for news or information, and now that they do, they don't or they won't, um, they get their information for free pa by passively scrolling their social media, news feeds, uh, talking to their friends and neighbors, going through their inboxes of their email and messaging apps. And unfortunately, most of the free information that flows is not great information. It isn't uh, fact-checked. It isn't um, going by journalistic standards. And so uh, there are now very many different uh, uh, truths that exist for people and echo chambers that people live in. And I I will say one thing because it's always frustrated me. There isn't a lot of attention paid to this widening information chasm between the haves and the have-nots because it would have to be paid by the media, who is the culprit here. And so we really do have um, this problem that I, I feel like I became much more in touch with because I was working in politics. And you have to be really surgical um, with your money, your resources, your time. All of that is really limited to be able to reach voters um, who need good information to make good informed decisions and to participate in elections in our democracy. And, and in doing that, it was really clear that the folks that are the least politically engaged and informed but are also the folks who, when they do show up, decide the outcome of elections in America, they were falling into this gap. They were falling into the chasm. They were um, the have-nots of good information. And there's a lot of bad actors and a lot of just free information that is, is weaponized in order to um, really affect the weather for them, really affect the story that they're being told about the country and the direction it's going in that isn't based in fact. So that's the challenge before us. Um, and, and information really is weaponized in this new ecosystem. Yeah. It really is. It doesn't help that most of our media companies are owned by the same people. You know, that there's, what, six major companies that own 90% of our news sources at this point, and they're all for profit models. And like you said, there's there's no subsidized version, like a BBC or a CBC that you would have in like England or in Canada, um, which cuts down on what we would, you were calling universal truth. So we don't even really live in the same reality anymore. We have networks out there who tell uh, people that, you know, Democrats are evil, that liberals are evil, that we're like killing babies after they're born, uh, you know, 
this these aren't universal these are not universal truths. I mean, a third of Americans still believe that the 2020 election was stolen. We have Tucker Carlson in Russia propagandizing Putin's war. I mean, what do we even do about that? Because it's no wonder we're so politically polarized. We're informationally polarized. That's exactly right. It is the reason for the polarization and the division. And that's really intentional um, by the bad actors, right? This is is part of the fascist playbook um, forever and ever is is to undermine um, sources of good factual information to to sow mistrust and um, of media. And that's something, you know, we know Donald Trump and MAGA, uh, you know, evangelists have been doing for years is saying, you know, that is the fake media. Like, don't believe them, just believe me. I'm the one telling you the truth. And trusted messengers matter more than ever before. This is something that's really, really important is that when you earn the trust, whether it's through lies or through, you know, genuine um, trust building and authenticity and, and, and truth, it's really hard for people to no longer trust you, right? So when they do trust you, you can pretty much tell them anything. And so if you don't have really good intentions or you are just doing this to weaponize or manipulate people like Donald Trump, and many Republicans are, they have an enormous amount amount of power and control. And then the side effects is that the people that maybe don't believe them, they aren't kind of part of the cult of Trump, um, they're still really wary and then they don't know who to trust. And so we've seen that, right? There is unprecedented low levels of trust in media, government, and institutions among Americans today. That is really scary. That is, those are the, the symptoms that very much lead to authoritarian regimes and, and leaders in other countries. We know this to be true. And so that's, that's what keeps me up at night. That's exactly why I dedicate my work to the to the work that I do, which is building different models of media. Um, you know, what used to be kind of controversial to build um, point of view media, um, recently controversial, I would say, still a little bit controversial, is actually what media and the news media in America was founded on. And the greatest kind of social movements in this country were spurred by progressive media. And yet up till a few years ago, progressive media in this country was also really kind of only serving the the haves, the folks who were really educated and, and really informed and really politically engaged. And so, you know, one solution of which we're building a part of it, Courier, but I think is just something that needs to get more mainstream and have more folks engaged in is building media that is that is unapologetic about being transparent about our values, um, about where we stand on, on issues of great concern to Americans and being really what we call pro-democracy. You know, the very tenets and roots of journalism um, are about holding truth to power and having an informed and engaged electorate and populace. And so Right now, there are great forces, including one of our two political parties in America, that want to undermine all of that. And they frankly want people to be misinformed or not informed in order to advance their agenda that is not popular. And so the problem, though, is that we have a media that needs to survive based on clicks and controversy and serving the most engaged people. So they both sides the issues, right? They they lift up facts and lies as equivalent in order to claim no bias. But that in itself is a bias because it gives more oxygen to the lies and the disinformation that is really dangerous to our society. And we are living through the impacts of those errors and that malpractice 
this done by media in America. And so we need to build different models and new precedents for what it means to be really transparent and pro-democracy and really focused on what the mission of journalism and media has and should always be, which is to inform the public with the facts so they can make educated, informed decisions about who they vote for, who they want to represent them, um, where they stand on issues that affect their lives and their communities, and frankly, what kind of government um, we want to have in this country. Because um, I don't believe that the majority of Americans don't want a democracy. I don't think that they think that that is actually um, truly at risk. I think more think it is now than ever before, but they need to know that it it very much is at risk. It is very, very, very fragile right now. And we can't forget what democracy is, which is all of us participating and the majority of people making the decisions about the direction of this country. And Republicans today, and certainly Trump, they want to dismantle democratic institutions and a democratic government. So they make decisions, not the people. And we, we need to just continue to break that down and reinforce that. And the media needs to play a role in making that clear and not holding up his positions about destroying institutions or the government as just talking points or, or ways to get clicks or likes or support, because that is actually the plan that they have laid out. Yeah, no, it's actually the plan they have written down on paper. You know, I think the thing is, is that the media is supposed to act as a check on power. They're supposed to hold those in charge accountable. They're supposed to break things down and 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 hold our leaders, like you said, to their word. Um, but the 24-hour news cycle really threw a wrench in that entire agenda because they're filling all these hours of programming. And you would think that that would make us more informed, but if anything, it makes us less informed and more biased. Like that old expression, if it bleeds, it leads, meaning the most dramatic news story of the day is the one you lead with, is every story now because they're all competing for profit clicks and, and advertising. And by constantly seeking to outdo each other to get those eyeballs on the screen, they end up chasing drama. And if they can't find any, they make it themselves. They're creating it themselves. And then that makes us feel even more um, uh, divided. Um, there's an old expression, which I'm sure you know about journalism, that says, if someone says it's raining and another person says it's dry, it's not a journalist's job to quote them both. It's their job to look outside and find which one is true. There's a real need for a new type of media, one that exists to explicitly give the facts, but also to protect and strengthen our democracy. So how's Courier going about accomplishing that task? Sure. So Courier, just for folks who haven't heard of it, um, Courier is going to turn five years old this year, which is wild, um, but very exciting. <laughs> it is. Uh, so we are a pro-democracy. Happy birthday. Thank you. Um, uh, we are a pro-democracy news network. Um, we started out as a local news network uh, in seven battleground states across the country. We are now in 10, about to open our 11th newsroom in an 11th state. And now we also have uh, national content streams, podcasts, Substack newsletters, and TikTok and YouTube series. And um, I started Courier because of this problem, because of this information chasm in America, and, and also because the, there are so many Americans today who share um, the values that I know you and I share uh, and the, the positions on issues that are actually popular. They're not 
progressive. Um, they are labeled as progressive by both mainstream media and right-wing media to create wedges, but actually the vast majority of Americans want access to abortion for all Americans without exception. The vast majority of Americans want stricter gun control laws to make sure that their kids are safe and they feel okay sending their kids to school in America today because we have the most gun violence of any country in the world. Um, most Americans want LGBTQ plus and human rights um, for all people. Like these are these are actually not uh, left or liberal or progressive positions. These are popular positions that have been labeled this way. And so at Courier, we are absolutely transparent that those are the positions that we hold. And so we want to make sure that if people don't agree with us, we respect them. They don't have to consume our content, but also like we are not in your face partisan and we're not, we're certainly not pro capital D Democrats. We are about these positions and these values and wanting to make sure that people are informed about them. And most especially the reason that I started this as a local news network was, you know, one, there's the obvious thing I think everyone listening knows is that local news in America is dying because of all the reasons we talked about. They're, they have not found a sustainable business model. Um, the, they're being bought up by hedge funds and broken apart for their pieces or, or they're just shuttering their doors. And there is a direct correlation between access to good information at the local level, local news, and civic participation. Um, so again, like we need to make sure that people have good information about what's happening in their communities, in their state houses. And now with this incredibly extreme Federalist Society Supreme Court that we have, um, they are moving all of the decisions about our basic rights and freedoms to the states. And so it is more important than ever before that people know who their state representatives are in their state houses writing legislation, who their governors are. Um, and that is not something that we have great civic education in this country about. I, I'm not going to go on a separate rant about education in America and where the people- I know. I think we could both do that. Like, let's talk about that. <laughs> that is really important too. But what, you know, another for another day, we'll talk about that. But um, I do, I really, I, so it was really important that we actually started local because that's also where you can transcend the partisanship in politics, right? It's really about, you know, the, the parents that you're on the sidelines of your kid's soccer game or at the PTA meeting with or your coworkers that you're seeing every day, like they're, they might not share the same values or have the same positions politically or vote for the same candidates, but there are so many things that just transcend the national politics and our politics our local politics have been really nationalized. And so I think there needs to be a massive movement and investment in local news infrastructure that, that can be like Courier, which is unapologetic about our values and our positions, but also that is more neutral just so people have access to the information about what these folks who live around them in their neighborhoods, but represent them in their state houses, what they believe in what they do because it's going to have a greater and greater impact on their lives. And so um, the last thing I'll say is, because our audience does not proactively look for political news or reporting or information, that's not part of their day-to-day -day life at all. Um, they are passive news consumers. They don't consume traditional media. And so we need to meet them where they are with the information that they do want that's relevant to them and then bring them more of that information in a way that is relevant. So not the way the New York Times or the Washington Post talks about what's happening in Washington or talks about a competitive election. If you read those articles, which I, I don't even know if you you do, I certainly don't read long articles anymore either, but they're not accessible to most people. They're using a lot of jargon and it just it, inaccessible terms. 
and they're missing the point actually in a lot of ways for people. And so at Courier, our reporters are really committed to centering our audiences, these these Americans who are just going about living their lives and want what's best for their family and their children in the story. They are the center of the story. It's about the small business owner whose business was saved because of aid that came from um, the American Rescue Plan under the Biden administration. Or it's the it's the young guy who went to trade school and now has a really lucrative career um, installing solar panels because of investments in clean energy that came from the IRA. Or it's about the mom who can't believe that her kids can't read the books that she grew up reading that taught her so much about the history of this country and racism and 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 opportunity and things of that nature. And so that's how we approach covering politics and issues at the local level is really starting with the impacted individuals and making sure that they also know very clearly where their representatives and the candidates running to represent them stand and meeting them where they get that information, which is primarily social media and email newsletters. So you know, our reporters don't write long articles that no one's going to read. Um, they boil the most important information and stories down into graphics that are skimmable and vertical video, um, like you do so much, explainers. This is what people consume. So you have to do that. And frankly, we shouldn't be at Courier as ahead of the curve in the news industry as we are. And I say that humbly, but I say it genuinely that News organizations need to understand that the format and the consumption habits of all people have changed, and you need to deliver them the content they will consume to inform them and not just hold on to this idea that you're going to convince more and more people to come to your sites or to read your long articles or to pay for your your physical newspapers. Instead, you need to invest in hiring correspondents and reporters like we have who can break down news on TikTok in interesting, compelling, and quick edited ways, because that's how you, you're going to inform people. Yeah. And you are doing that. I mean, I really love your Instagram feed. I follow it all the time. You have some really great correspondence. Right now you have Courier in, you're saying 11 states, um, Arizona, Virginia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, Florida, Iowa, North Carolina, Nevada, New Hampshire, and then there's one more. And then we're going to be launching Texas this month. Oh, Texas, that's great. I mean, I, I have to tell people each of the states, each site uh, for each state is branded differently to really appeal to that local flavor, the local market, um, the way our local newspapers used to do um, that have all shut down over time. And people really used to trust their local newspapers. And then Sinclair Media came in and bought up all local television. So you're getting a, like a national feed from a right wing billionaire yeah. through what looks like your local news person. So Courier has come in and each state is branded differently. For example, in Arizona, it gives local and state news. Like every Everything from what's going on with local schools um, and the recent inclusion of this kind of far right propaganda teaching materials that they're doing down in Arizona right now to you have an article that's like nine locally owned barbershops and Arizona's favorite places to go for this and state Republicans trying to kill the Office of Economic Growth in Arizona. Um, what to do around Phoenix for Valentine's Day if you are with all your girls. You know, like, it's everything from national politics, local politics, state politics, stuff for your education, and then, like, what we used to get from our news, which is like, hey, try this new restaurant because it's awesome. It's the kind of thing that people are missing and that literally is absent from the market. And as you're saying, 
it's not like you should be on the forefront. You shouldn't be like, hey, by the way, people want real news about the stuff that actually matters to them. And they don't constantly want to be told, you know, whatever we're being told, Taylor Swift, blah, 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 whatever it is that we're being fed constantly to stay angry because angry keeps us clicking. That's actually not what regular people want. And as you're saying, often what is considered progressive or liberal is just regular facts. And I don't know when regular facts became politicized, but people are like, well, this is a very liberal bias station. You're like, they're just giving information that isn't false. And that feels left to you. But that's actually not the truth. And that's why you're saying more people are actually feeling the same way. They just don't know it because they've been told not to feel that way because it's political. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have right now, would you be able to list them and tell me how much they cost? Most of us think we could, and most of us are wrong. It's amazing how many subscriptions we have that we don't even know about, which means it's amazing how much money we're paying without any awareness. That's why Rocket Money is so helpful. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. It shows you all your subscriptions in one place, and if there's something you don't want or can no longer afford, you can just cancel it with a tap and completely bypass that phone call with customer service. Rocket Money will even try and negotiate for you to get a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills by 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money does the rest. It's a terrific service, which is probably why Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped its members save an average of $720 a year, with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use and cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash politicsgirl. That's rocketmoney.com slash politicsgirl. Rocketmoney.com slash politics girl. Our temperature at night has one of the greatest impacts on the quality of our sleep. If you're one of those people who wakes up too hot or too cold, then I highly recommend you check out Miracle Made bedsheets. Inspired by NASA, Miracle Made uses silver infused fabrics to make temperature regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. Miracle Made silver infused sheets are not only thermoregulating, but also prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresher three times longer than other sheets. Plus, they're just really nice, really high quality bedding without that really high, horrible price. But see for yourself. Go to trymiracle.com slash politicsgirl to try Miracle Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift or maybe for a loved one, Valentine's Day, you order today and you save over 40%. And if you use our promo code politicsgirl at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. That's a real deal. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep today with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash politicsgirl and use the code politicsgirl to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash politicsgirl to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for continuing to sponsor the Politics Girl podcast. February is the month of love, and women love a comfortable bra, which is why I'm so pleased to be talking to you about our sponsor, Honey Love. Honey Love has revolutionized the bra game. They said goodbye to the underwire and bulky fabrics that don't breathe and created bras to give you all the lift you need without the hardware you hate. 
I have no doubt you will immediately feel the difference. It's next level comfortable. You might even forget you're wearing it. If I could get away with not wearing a bra, I really would, but it all comes off a bit Studio 54 and it's not cute. I also have a lot of friends that could never get away without a bra, even friends that sleep in theirs, which is why I'm happy recommending Honey Love's best-selling crossover bra. It's super comfortable with all the support of traditional bras without the underwire, and dare I say it, it's kind of sexy. I wear mine with their fantastic matching shapewear, and I don't look like I'm wearing my grandmother's girdle. I also have to tell you, Honey Love just came out with a line of leggings, and they are amazing. They're smooth, they're soft, they're high enough in the waist to hold it all together, and there's no seam in the middle, like where your legs come together. And if you're a girl, you know what that seam can do, and it's not cute. These leggings are so good. I literally love them. So treat yourself to the best bras on the market and the most fabulous leggings and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash politicsgirl. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off at honeylove.com slash politicsgirl. And after you buy, if they ask you where you heard about them, please support the show and tell them that we sent you. Treat yourself to Honey Love, because let's be honest, you deserve it. Honeylove.com slash politicsgirl. I think what you've got going is very successful. You're obviously one of the fastest growing news networks in the country. Online, you have about 2 million subscribers, hundreds of thousands of followers on TikTok and Instagram, which gives you a huge weekly reach, which is wonderful. Like I said, I actually really love your short form videos. I watch them all the time. Um, but your website is also really easy to navigate. And I always say that I'm such a big fan of websites that are good. You know, like when a website is easy to work with and easy to navigate, I love to give it props because they're not all like that. You know, yours is very, very user-friendly. How do you feel that it's going at Courier as, as far as growth? You're obviously extending to Texas, which to me is wonderful because talk about an information desert. Yeah, no, Texas is going to be, and Texas will be our biggest newsroom. We're going to have five regional um, hubs there over time. We're launching Dallas-Fort Worth soon um, as the first hub, but it, Texas is, you know, it's a small country um, and it is unique in a lot of ways, but I founded Courier and I, I still remember like it was yesterday, uh, banging down doors, trying to convince people of the need of this. And now I, I really do pinch myself that it's real and it's bigger than I could imagine. It's far bigger than me. And it really is a testament to the incredible reporters we have in all of our states. We have five full-time reporters and social media correspondents in every one of our states. They are the ones who choose um, you know, the names and the branding and the coverage um, that is important to the people on the ground. So I'm the founder, I'm the publisher, but like they are the ones who know what people in these states care about. And that local impact is so important. And to your point about our model, our model is no different than any news organization ever over time. Most people do not want political news as the as the core of what they want for content. Um, they really want stuff that's more useful to them, things that they can do with their family on the weekends or, um, you know, the, the new restaurant that is opening, like you mentioned. And so that's not, you know, it's not a coy strategy by any means. It's just giving people what they want so we can also get them informed in the process. And and it, it it's, you know, it works. It's we wouldn't be growing at the rate that we are right now if people weren't excited about the content that they get in their inboxes every day. And the thing that's really unique about us outside of the fact that we don't mind having a point of view and we don't believe in objectivity, uh, we believe in transparency, is that we actually really, really care about whether or not our coverage, our reporting 
is informing our audience and is increasing their their civic participation. And so we we run experiments and we measure that because we can do that in a digital ecosystem. And every time we've run one of these experiments, it is proving that we are. We are increasing um, people's engagement on issues like reproductive freedom and gun control and action on climate change simply by delivering them good news and information every day. And, you know, I, I was a political strategist for over a decade um, in progressive politics. And one of my biggest frustrations was that all of the investment in informing voters about what Democrats stood for and their values and who they were was all through political advertising. And you talk about people no longer trusting or having fatigue with the media and news. Political advertising is not the solution. Um, and it was always the only counter to the right wing's vast media complex that really does affect the weather, the information ecosystem we live in. And so um, I just I think that it's so important. Um, you know, we took a lot of arrows in our back in the early days of Courier because it was seen as controversial. And I think we've really turned a corner. And that's a testament to just the reporters and their incredible work. All of our newsrooms have won awards um, that were started a few years ago, press awards within their states. Our political correspondent in Arizona, Cam, just won Best TikToker in uh, the Phoenix, New Phoenix uh, magazine. And we didn't know that was a surprise. But so I just think in general, we need to meet people where they are. We have to get them the information that they need to be informed. And there's so many ways to do that. And you do that. And people need to come to that understanding. We're not going back to the way of centralized old media. We're just not. This is media. Like you, you run a media channel, Lee, like a really incredibly effective one. And there's just, the world has changed and our technology is changing so, so quickly that in order to make sure that we don't lose the rights and freedoms we hold dear, we don't lose democracy, we have to adapt and evolve. And I, I think Courier is a good model for that. I think there's other models for that in the ecosystem. And I just hope that we see more and more of it because the best antidote to right-wing propaganda and disinformation is increasing access and flow of good information where people are. It's that simple. It really is. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's almost a pathological need to both side things with regular media because you're trying to uh, appeal to both. You don't want to lose a single advertising dollar. You don't want to lose a single person that might put their eyeballs on the screen, but we're not giving people the proper information and they're really not doing well. Often when the work I do, and I'm sure you've heard it too, is that I will explain something and tell people something and they say, well, why are you saying that? You're just preaching to the choir. And I'm like, do you know how essential it is to preach to the choir, to tell people that they're not losing their minds, that what they're seeing is actually crazy, that there isn't both sides to potential authoritarianism, that saying, I want to be a dictator and you are the leading Republican candidate is not like, I don't have to be like, well, sometimes people say dictators are good. I don't need to give both sides of that. There's not both sides of that, you know? And so I feel like preaching to the choir is actually essential because there is such a strong right-wing ecosystem that we don't counterbalance um, that that really does need to be out there giving as much real truthful information that, like you said, meets people where they are. Um, and what you're doing is so essential. I mean, I've been saying for a long time that we need something to compete with the what the old networks used to be in a way that 
I would personally, I would personally love to be able to go to some site at the end of the day that would tell me the news I needed to know, you know, like when you used to be able to go to the six o'clock news or the nine o'clock news, or you would read the morning paper and then you could go on with your flipping day, right? Like that would be absolutely great where you're not like, oh my God, like I have to be 24 hours scrolling this, you know, so I don't miss something. And, and you're only getting a part of the story because they don't really know the story yet. So they're just kind of trying to tease you into being there all day. And I'm like, I don't think most people want that. Most people don't want to spend their entire day trying to get a full story by watching, you know, for 17 hours. I understand that we're in a different media environment than we used to, but what are your thoughts on helping us call the news a bit to allow people to have a life again? Yeah, no, it's a great point because, you know, news fatigue is at an unprecedented high in this country. We have so many people that are tuning out, which is also dangerous, but I feel that Exactly when they can't. Exactly when they can't tune out. Right. And I am sure that you feel this way too, right? Because you end up consuming so much negative information, like so many depressing things, right? Like the state of our country right now is in peril, the future of our country and what, what direction we're going in. It's really, 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 really fragile. And so um, we do need people to be informed and we need to figure out how to get them engaged. And I just want to mention to underscore your point, like preaching to the choir has also never been more important because the choir are going to be the ones that get loud and organize their communities and their relationships around this. And they need to be armed with good information and they need to be reminded also that like we have momentum. Like right now, I would rather be us who want to have a democracy and want to have um, progress on the issues that we've talked about more than I would ever want to be on the other side. Like we actually, I think, are turning a corner where more people, while they don't want to tune into the news necessarily, they really don't want the extremist positions or policies that are being touted by Trump and and the right. They really don't. I believe that. I have so much faith in the American people, and I have faith that they will show up again in this election the way that they have. And we need to also like foster and and nurture that hope and sustain it. And a lot of that is also informing people of all of the shit, excuse my language, that they are threatening because we've got to get mad. We can't lose our emotional reaction to what they're doing. We can't get numb to it because they are counting on us getting numb to it. And so it's the responsibility of people like you and me to also make it engaging and fun for our audiences so they don't lose hope and they don't lose um, the ability to stay informed and engaged. And so I think it's really important, something that uh, I, we talk about a lot at Courier, but I know our, our mutual friend Simon Rosenberg is an evangelist this for this too, is about empowering people to be the ones who are sharing the good information, right? Right? taking the, 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 you know, the graphics and the vertical video, the short video clips from you and our correspondents at Courier, posting them on their social media, talking about them with their friends, the, the stories and the information they're getting from them, because we actually like, we can own the conversation. We can affect the weather. Now, the more of us are doing this and sharing this good information in different ways. And, and that is something anyone can do if they don't have money to give to candidates or campaigns or causes, if they don't have the time to volunteer and make calls or text messages on behalf of campaigns, they can still do a really, really, really play a really, really important role in arming people with content and information that does change their perspective and conversation over time. Yeah. I always say we're responsible for our people. And that means all of our people, you know, the people at our dining room table, you know, I've always 
I'm always having political discussions with the person who colors my hair. You know, like we, I've completely changed her politics, you know, like that kind of thing where, you know, she's like, well, this is, and she'll say something wrong. And I'm like, okay, I think that is incorrect. Would you like to know why? And she's like, all right. You know, and so we have these discussions because we are responsible for our people. And part of that, part of the reason I started what I was doing was I was like, People are just getting it wrong, but they don't have time to like weed through all the information. And so I'm just going to make these little short form videos that they can say to their mom, here's the thing I was talking about. Here's, you know, I'm just going to send this little video to you and you can know like, this is what we were discussing at lunch. Here's what I was trying to say. And because I have time to kind of pull it all together. So it, it makes sense. It's succinct. I always say like, I'm saying what people can't quite get into words. And I think that's so important because like you said, if we come back to this choir analogy, like who are the choir, right? The choir are the people that come every week to the place of worship, the, the organization, and they come and they sing the word. They're the ones that are closest to the word. They're the ones that are bringing people in. If we've ever seen flipping, you know, uh, Sister Act, we know what a, a, a good choir can do for a church, right? They can bring people in. They can fill those pews. And that's what we need to do. We can't have people be exhausted and we can't have people be hopeless and we can't keep giving them negative, horrible, scary news. We have to say, here are proactive things we can do. Here is something you can actively do. Here is something that's working, you know, because you look at something like the border that's happening right now. We said, it's a crisis, it's a crisis, it's a crisis. And people got together, they worked together, they wrote a bill. If the part of the bill is closing the border, which is all we ever hear about. And then those same people, crisis, crisis people are saying, we're not going to vote for this bill. And we need to tell people, this is what's happening. And you should be outraged at this, no matter what letter you've always had beside your name. This is the truth of what's going on. This is what was offered. This is what's being rejected. And here's why it's being rejected and that should make you think and it should make you mad. I think what you're doing with your newsletters that come directly to people's inboxes for their own personal local news, what you're doing with the podcast, you guys have a great podcast called Vibes Only, which the concept is so great because it's like, People assess their universe, not necessarily on facts, but on vibes, right? They're like, how do I feel about the world? Like, I can tell you the economy is doing great, but you're like, I don't feel like it's doing great. I don't, I don't feel like it. That's my vibe, right? And then we make decisions based on our vibe. So your podcast is called Vibes Only, and I think that's amazing. Legislation is, you know, essentially it's boring, right? And it often comes down to how people are feeling about politics. Um, and so we need to give them a sense of what's really going on so they get a feeling based in truth. And I'm just so grateful that you guys are out there, especially going into this year, because the role of media in 2024, the role of proper information, when so much is on the line, like you said, it's Democracy is so fragile and people don't realize it. And I, I see it on the left and the right. I see people on the right who have no idea that what they are choosing and what they think they love is going to take so much from them and they have no idea. And I see people on the far left who are like, I could never vote for Joe Biden. I don't care if the other option is Trump. You guys don't understand. I couldn't do it. And I think, no, you don't understand. Go please and read Project 2025 because you're never getting a chance to vote again if these people get into power. And it literally does not matter how you feel, what your vibes are. The fact of the matter is we're in such trouble and we have a system that was set up to allow the minority to take power and we have to bring out such a majority and then we have to start changing things. And people 
need to understand that. And if we have to preach it every single day, as well as putting in like Galentine's type, you know, information to kind of keep our lights on, then let's do it, right? Um, thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for having Courier. I really want you to tell people how they can find it, how they can connect with you, how they can follow what you're doing. Because like you said, all we need to do, we need to keep growing because the mainstream media, they're not going to help us here. We need other sources. We do. Thank you so much, Lee. I so appreciate it. So folks can go to couriernewsroom.com. You can find all of our state newsrooms there. You can also find great newsletters at the national level about the conversation. Um, you can follow it at Courier Newsroom on all of the things, uh, TikTok, Instagram. Uh, I'll always call X Twitter. Sorry. Um, and You don't have to I'm, be sorry to me. I'm yeah. always going to call it Twitter too. I refuse. <laughs> And I'm at Tara E M C G because Lee and I share a last name, uh, so we must be related. We say, um, <laughs> uh, and at Tara E McG underscore on Instagram, where I always in my stories post all of our newsrooms content, so folks can see it, share it with people who live in those states. And I want to, I want to just tack one thing on everything you said that I just couldn't agree with more, Lee. That at a time when so many people, um, including me some days, feel so hopeless. I will say being informed and being a part of this movement of being pro-democracy, of paying attention to what they're threatening, what they're doing, what they will do if they are in power, uh, Trump, if Trump is reelected, it is empowering to know what's happening. When you feel so hopeless, it is empowering to know, one, you're not alone. There are people like us that are doing this work every day, so many that you don't see behind the scenes that are working on this, that there is community in this. And this movement is what is going to absolutely destroy their much smaller, meeker, weaker movement that relies on people not being informed, not being engaged, and not participating and voting. So there are so many more of us. And if we all stick together and if we keep talking and we talk to the people in our lives, we talk to the people on our social media feeds and we make sure that they know what's really going on, that is how we are going to overcome it. And we're going to end up in a much better place. So I am just so grateful for the work that you do and lending your voice to this cause. I think it's so, so important. And I just, uh, I'm so happy to be in community with you and, and, and with all of your amazing fans that I know that are thinking about how they can also participate. And so we want to make that as easy and as empowering and, and frankly, you know, really meaningful as possible because it is nothing, nothing could really matter more right now. No, nothing could matter more right now. Uh, an autocratic America is the end of the world. And I don't say that um, hyperbolically. I mean, this level of military power under the hands of an autocratic leader is the most horrific thing I can think of on top of the fact that this entire party doesn't believe in things like climate change or women's rights or gay rights, like literally the undermining of almost every pinning of, uh, of the American social, civil and social and all these, all the rights we have fought for from the dawn of time to now in this country are ready to be rolled back. And we have to get really serious about that, but we can do it with while nurturing hope. And while nurturing the idea of a far better America, I often say, let's just keep the country's head above water in 2024, and then let's start freaking swimming in a far better direction. Absolutely. I couldn't say it better. I want to thank you for joining us today, Tara. Like, I couldn't be happier that Courier News is out there, and I just want to see you guys grow and grow. Thank you so much, Lee. It means so much to me. I feel the same. So that was the amazing Tara McGowan, the founder and publisher of Courier 
who is finding a new way to bring us the information we need in this landscape of decentralized media. There used to be trusted news sources, but our collective trust in the media and what the truth is has splintered. Courier is changing that by building a different model, a new take on an old format that honors local news with real reporters on the ground, state news where these big federal decisions are actually playing out, and explanations of the biggest issues of the day, the way the majority of people now consume them, which is in bite-sized pieces online. This is a make it or break it election year for our democracy. And mainstream media has done nothing but enable the both sides garbage that brought us this close to authoritarianism. It's time to support a new type of media, one that exists to give people the facts, but also to protect and strengthen our democracy. I wanna thank Tara for joining us today and you for caring enough about democracy to be here. Now go check out Courier on your socials or sign up for one of your state's feeds. Until next week, PGF. The Politics Girl podcast is written and performed by me, Lee McGowan, in partnership with the Midas Media Network and produced and edited by Happy Warrior Entertainment. All rights reserved.